The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to talk now about uh, this uh, research uh, published today by the Society of Chartered Surveyors Ireland and. Uh, amongst other things, what they suggest is that uh, despite a, a nurse and a guard on the average salary for their careers uh, being on a combined income of €89,000, uh, they would be incapable of buying a new three-bed semi-detached home in the greater Dublin area. Uh, their combined income would be some sixty grand short. Carl Dieter is with me, the CEO of onlineapplication.ie and a financial analyst, as is Suzanne Rogers. She's a research and policy analyst at Social Justice Ireland. Uh, you're both very welcome. Um, Suzanne, nurses and guards are, are often used in examples like this uh, by way of suggesting that the social contract is broken. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment and is this further evidence of it? This is it. Like they would have always been held up as, you know, those are kind of ideal careers that would have guaranteed you the state job, job for life, um, you know, no problem getting a mortgage, no problem paying a mortgage, the two cars, the 2.4 kids, the white picket fence, the pension, all of that. And what we're seeing is that that is not the case anymore. And I suppose I was just doing a bit of reading before this. So if today's report, I think, is the, the ghost of housing present. I pulled out, um, there's a seminal kind of housing book, PJ Drudy and Michael Punch, Out of Reach from 2005, could have been written 20 minutes ago. And he's talking about, like, between 95 and 98, average site prices in Dublin rose by 200%. And then they went up another 50% to 2003. So this is an ongoing issue, you know what I mean, that the land, the price of land, once we start speculating on it, it is going to impact, obviously, on the price of the house that's built on it. And then, I suppose, just to go to the ghost of housing future, I saw this in the paper at the weekend in London. It used to take, in the mid-90s, it used to take you four years to save for a deposit on an average house in London. It will now take you 30 years to save for a deposit for an average house in London. So that's where I would be afraid we would be going. Uh, Carl Dieter, um, why are new, because this is new three-bed semis they're talking about specifically, so new builds, um, why are they so expensive? Well, I guess they're pretty high quality to begin with. So if you look at your average second-hand house, it usually has, you know, pretty bad energy rating and the new ones are all like the very best. But the it's it's a weird thing to to frame today's calamity because there's always a property calamity, calamity every day in this way because like I looked on daft.ie before I came out and using the figures from the article, there's 240 homes to choose from for this fictitious nurse and guard. And, and, and so I just think it's a bit weird to say it has to be a new home, as if like you have some designated right to buy a new home. Now, these are houses in places like Donny Carney, Clondalk, and you know, they're fine places to live. I lived in Donny Carney for years, nice area, good people. Uh, so you say, OK, well, what about new homes? And, you know, let's, let's pick the, the worst example we can. And okay, a, a new home is more expensive, but you're also getting a lot more. And because there's a lot of uncertainty in the sales of homes, uh, despite what you, you might hear otherwise, you know, you've got a lot of infill sites where the, where the site, as, as Suzanne had said, it's expensive land prices. Mm. And that gets baked into it. You see, that the, house, the, the price of new homes, in a median sense, grew by 40 grand last year, but the price of secondhand homes only went up by five. So it's the new homes are really where you're seeing mm. it. And that's also labour inflation, um, materials inflation. But there's a thing called the First Home Scheme and I entered the eligibility calculator for it. It's on their website. And so I said, you know, the, the, the report said they can't afford a, home, a new brand new home that's 464000 So I put in 475000 I put it in, in even higher price. Yeah. 
And there's actually 142,500 available for a couple in this example. So they'd need a loan of 332,000, which is actually means that they'd have to have combined earnings of 83,000, which is well below two people on average wage of 47,000 and well below the 89,000 mentioned in RTE. So the story, in, 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 a, in a factual, practical way, it's just, it's just another news story. It's like, it's not real. You know, this is not something that I think we need to sit here and agonise about. We need to agonise why yeah. there's 882 homes being held up out in, in Dundrum because someone is is going for judicial review. That's something worth agonising about. They, they, they are the things we should focus on rather than uh, the increased costs and new bills today compared to years before. This is a theoretical catastrophe, but the real catastrophe, the one that is factual... Well, it's not theoretical, real, though. Well, that, I mean, that, that um, you know, Suzanne gave the example of times past. It's not theoretical to, to say or to suggest that new new bills, despite kind of regulations constantly evolving, new bills were closer to the average salary than they are today. But but there the was past. also a reason for that. Uh, a, is that U-Builds used to be in less desirable areas. And so there's a thing called the, um, basically the owner-occupier's premium, which is something within housing where even if you buy like the worst house and say BlackRock, you're going to pay well more than you will for a nice house in, in the middle of Longford. Mm. And that's not a judgment on either place. It's just a fact. People pay a premium for certain areas. The other thing is that you also didn't have the discrepancy of quality where the new build was way better. So labour prices were cheaper. We weren't looking for A ratings. BRs didn't exist. There was a lot of things about it. And we also had a very tooled up hmm. construction sector. And, you know, it, that was something that, that, that caused th- that, that variance not to be so big. But the other thing you have to remember is we're now punching out more homes than we have ever since the Celtic Tiger and that's something to be lauded, but we do need to do more of it. I, 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 I want to come back to you on the, the point about planning objections and people holding up development in just a moment. But let me go back to Suzanne uh, uh, briefly. Uh, Suzanne, um, setting aside kind of the, 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 the accuracy or not of, of some of these figures, I mean, is there merit in the argument that people need to maybe lower or, or tweak their expectations? That the, the, the idea or the notion of a brand new house for the kind of the couple starting off is unrealistic today and we just need to accept it's unrealistic, buy a smaller home, buy it somewhere else, buy it further away from the kind of the, the, the centre of economy. Just, well, just to, to pick up on the, the fact here, like what I'm reading here is that they're saying the average cost of building a three-bedroom semi is 461 in the greater Dublin area, not the cost to buy it. So when you add on whatever you need to add on to that, um, no, I, I, don't, I don't really agree with that. I mean, we can see from the figures that Home ownership is declining across the board um, and where people are ending up then is in the private rented sector and they are staying in the private rented sector, family formation within the private rented sector. And what we, were, what we are going to see over the next while is people retiring into the private rented sector, which we never had before. So I don't think it's a case of, you know, we, we shouldn't all aspire to own a house. And I think that would be OK if we had security of tenure within the private rented sector or we had a functioning social housing system. Then I don't necessarily think home ownership would be as key as it currently is because it's, that it's the security of tenure and it's knowing how much money, it's knowing that mm. your rent is going to be affordable as you go ahead. I mean, housing, buying a house... You know, they all talk about equity, but equity doesn't really exist. I mean, if my house was worth exactly the same when I sold it, you know, or or when I die, you know, 30 years after I bought it, like, that's nothing to me. It's my home. It's where I live. So that's really what's important to people. So I think 
to take away the goal of home ownership is fine yeah. if we have a functioning private rental sector and functioning social yeah. housing. I, 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 I guess that really matters if you, if you do move before you I, die. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what, what most of that statement means, but I would say that there is some great news out there when it comes to the likes of security of tenure. Is in the 1870s, you know, previous leadership in Ireland fought for the three Fs of um, free sale, fair rent, fixity of tenure. Fixity of tenure, if you sign up to a 20-year lease, you actually get ownership rights to it. In fact, you become liable for paying the local property tax and you can't be removed from that house no matter what the situation, whether you want to sell it, whether you want to move in your kids, anything at all. So, like, again, a wonderful piece of opportunity is that we have the tools to to fix mm. some of the fears around fixity of tenure. Take out a long lease, you get the protection. I, I, Take out a short lease, you don't. You can't have marriage yeah. on a tender relationship. We're, we're just about out of time, but you, you did make kind of a very, very brief point about uh, planning objections. That, that, that is, this is a distraction, that's the bigger issue as you see it. Well, I, I just say to myself that the, the, the way out of this really is to get more houses for more people. And if you're, if you're in a situation where you're in the housing prevention space, I think that's a disgraceful thing. That's like cutting off food supplies during a famine. I think it's really disgraceful. And I'm sure people have their reasons because they always do. But like Ireland is a really unique country in the world. There's like only one other place that gives you these kind of third party property rights. And, and the reason is, is because we don't trust our planners. And, and, and because of the chicanery of the past, we have to move past that someday if we're going to solve this. And that is something like that has to be fixed or we're going to just be doing the same thing again and again for the next hundred years. What's the other country in the world? I, I actually, I, I think it might be, uh, I think it might be Kenya. I have it in my head. It's 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 in Africa. I just, uh, but off the top of my head, okay. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Carol Dieter, who is the CEO of onlineapplication.ie and the financial analyst, Suzanne Rogers, research and policy analyst at Social Justice Ireland. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.